Appamata and its programs are supported by your generosity and your generosity and support makes such a difference. You can find a link for contributions on the website at appamata.org. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Morning to all of you in the Zendo and all of you online. It's great to see you this morning. <clears throat> um, you know, a lot of people have gone off to their respective other places to go, homes and what have you for Thanksgiving. And so it's nice to see so many despite that. Um, <clears throat> So I'd like to uh, welcome as well, besides you all present at the moment, um, those who might be listening from other sanghas in the future, um, not sanghas in the future, listening in the future. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Madison, Madison, Chicago, Minnesota, England, Switzerland, um, and Hawaii. Um, I'd like to start first with some announcements. Um, first of all, um, we are closed, officially closed. The center is closed on uh, Thursday and Friday of this week um, it's in celebration of um, Thanksgiving here in the United States. And um, it's a time for people uh, to uh, rest and reflect, um, even though the center's closed. Um, <clears throat> however, uh, Rosemary will have um, uh, was offering a sitting for those who do want to gather and sit together, and um, she has a link out. I think it went out to the Sangha at large, right? Yeah, so you might look for that email if you're interested in joining that for Thursday and Friday mornings. Um, also, I'd like to announce my um, one-day sit that's coming up next no, um, the weekend of yeah, it's next weekend, <laughs> I think, is the 2nd and 3rd of December. And um, <clears throat> the theme of it is holding our suffering in spaciousness. So I'd love to have you there. Um, we'll be doing, um, we'll be doing the shorter sits, uh, I think the 20 minute um, sits, and then walking meditation on and off and then we'll have a Dharma talk on Friday night and then one um, Saturday morning and then an activity on Sunday or Saturday afternoon. So all are welcome. Um, please come. Uh, anything else that anybody has to announce? Oh, one of our Sangha members has an art show over at uh, a local library, Yarborough Library. Is it still going on? It's over. It's oh, over. she had it. You missed it. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> Never mind. Okay, anything else, Kim? Nothing? Okay. So, <clears throat> um, this morning when I came, um, it was, I had a very wonderful, rare experience. I actually saw the sunrise this morning. That doesn't usually happen. I'm usually here or in bed. Um, one or the other. And so uh, it was just, it was so beautiful. Um, it was uh, this bright pink, which I haven't seen in a really long time, and blues and 
to you is there are a lot of different colors if I look at it from the sense of an artist. But um, anyway, it was very beautiful and it was so lovely to see and 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 seeing it particularly because I don't see it very often. Um, I really appreciated it and and uh, it's you know looking at something that uh, is greater than yourself. You know. It, drawing you in it's just, just a lovely experience looking at the sunset or the sunrise sunrise in this case um, and i had felt a, a sense of a sigh of relief for whatever reason so anyway um today i'm going to be talking about right view and people will say oh gosh haven't we heard enough about that but i i strongly believe that it's it's a it's a uh, core teaching and um, some, I think that sometimes we forget what that's about and um, it's about the Four Noble Truths. But uh, I'm going to bring it up again just because I think it's worth thinking about. <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean it's essential to the practice. And so, since this is, Central parts of the practice are sitting, and another central part is the practicing with the Four Noble Truths. So right view, uh, according to the Buddha, is, is a kind of wisdom, and it consists of two parts. One is a conceptual right view, which is uh, a clear intellectual grasp of the Dharma. And when we're talking about the Dharma, we're ta talking specifically about the Four Noble Truths. Um, and so we have conformity with the Four Noble Truths, then we have, will have a correct understanding. And that will come after examination and, and study. It, it's not just a matter of reading it every now and again, but really <clears throat> under, understanding it and, and working through it. The second uh, part of the right view is not surprisingly the experiential right view, <clears throat> intellectual and experiential. And this is actually the wisdom that directly penetrates the Dharma, the noble truth, and it evolves from the conceptual right view. So the idea is get a conceptual intellectual idea of what the Four Noble Truths are about, and then you get an experiential through that. And <clears throat> okay, so what are the Four Noble Truths? So basically, it's the, the, the noble, the first noble truth is that there is suffering or dissatisfaction in this life, this human life. The second is, is that there is an origin of this suffering. Thirdly, there is cessation of suffering. And the fourth is the way leading to cessation, which is the Eightfold Path. Okay. So normally sentient beings, such as ourselves, roam and wander in samsara because they haven't understood or and or penetrated the Four Noble Truths. And as the chain of dependent origination uh, shows, what lies at the base of the causal genesis of suffering is ignorance. 
So ignorance is at the bottom of it. <clears throat> and ignorant, ignorance is, is defined by the Buddha is the unawareness of the Four Noble Truths. So that's, that's how critical they are. So the path to liberation culminates with the realization of the Four Noble Truths. The realization, um, and realization, that meaning of the, of the word realization, not just knowing what they are, but actually realizing it. That means actually embodying them. <clears throat> So the Buddha teaches them because they lead to enlightenment and nirvana. So, very simple. And the anecdote for ignorance is knowledge, again, which is that's the knowledge of the Four Noble Truths. So there's a the first penetration of the Four Noble Truths is the breakthrough of the Dharma, and that's according to the Buddha and what he writes. And this is according to the words of the Buddha. Uh, it's really hard to do. He had to tell his, his disciples over and over and over again <clears throat> that this is what they need to do, is penetrate the Four Noble Truths. Um, but uh, without doing so, it is impossible to put an end to suffering. So <clears throat> we have to keep trying and trying to work those Four Noble Truths. And he also told them it is an extraordinary effort. <clears throat> uh, it requires an extraordinary effort to achieve. But once you go through the breakthrough, breakthrough part, um, uh, then you can see the tasks associated with each truth. And all, um, yeah. We see the tasks related to each noble truth. So the first noble truth, truth, truth of suffering. So the idea here is to fully understand what the suffering is. And is the suggestion um, in the words of the Buddha is, is looking at aggregates. So what are the aggregates that we always found us, as we always talk about? What are those things anyway? Um, so it's form. If you think of the learning record, for those of you who have gone through the precepts, the learning record is a list of the skandhas. So form, feeling, perception. Um, then they talk about volitional formation and then consciousness. So volitional formation to me is like identity, identity. And then the uh, consciousness, your consciousness. So, and it's like you're seeing form as self. We're seeing form, your feelings as self. That is self. Or perception, like, like same way. <clears throat> or consciousness, it's self. And this, so it's this block, it's this thing that we attach to. So, <clears throat> um, so that's. That's what happens in the truth of suffering. And so what we're doing in, in that um, with the aggregates is that, or the skandhas, is we're clinging to them or attaching to them, right? So <clears throat> the second noble truth, so I'm gonna go ahead and divide this up um, this way. So in that, if we understand this, this 
um, suffering, the truth of suffering. So we could take a particular, um, I'm going to take a particular example. This is the holidays, and for a lot of people, the holidays are tough. I don't mean to ignore you guys. Um, I feel like I have my back to you. Um, the holidays are a hard time, and it's usually because there's, there's a lot of suffering. <laughs> we don't, you know, it's hard when people get together, they haven't seen each other, or they have feelings about the way things should be, or they don't like this, and they don't want to accommodate someone else, or they do accommodate, and then they're resentful over it. So there's all sorts of, there's all sorts of uh, food for fodder for practicing with the four normal truths. Um, so it, with the truth of suffering, the task then, is actually to understand one's suffering. So, okay, so I'm going to Dallas, and <clears throat> what I can anticipate is lots of people, including myself, having ideas about the way it should go. In my mind, I think everybody should get along. They should just give it up and get along. Of course, that's my idea, and it's probably based on my way of looking at things, <laughs> which may not be the same as there. So there you go, so there's my suffering. Um, so you start there and you really examine what it is that you're holding on to, the thing that you're, what is, what is the suffering first? What is this, what are you attached to? You want to have a good time or you want the meal to be this way or, you know, whatever it is, just take a small thing. And, and then you go to the next step and you say, once you realize what that suffering is, what that kind of looks like, the truth of its origin. So the question is, the suffering is one thing, and then we want to know, why is it arising? What is it that I'm clinging to? What is my attachment? What exactly is my attachment? Well, I want it to go the way I want it to go. I want people to go to be happy, and I want to, everybody to get along in one place. So that's my, that's my clinging. That's what I have a sense of. <clears throat> and that's the origin of my suffering, is wanting it a certain way. The suffering is that I'm not happy going up there because I don't get you know, what I want. But the second thing is I'm attached to like, whatever, this idea that everything should go a certain way. And then the third thing, the truth of cessation uh, must be realized. In order to, to have cessation of suffering, We've got to let go of craving. It's a matter of let go of craving. So what we have clinging, we cling to something, but what is the craving underneath it? So you have to look deeper, deeper to find out what is the actual craving. In my case, I think the craving is actually, I don't want to be anxious. And for me to be anxious means everybody has to get along. How absurd is that? But anyway, that's the craving. It's based on based on my feelings of, you know, not being anxious about people fussing with each other and not getting along and blah blah blah. So once you realize the craving, the clinging, and then the craving, the clinging is what you're attached to, and then the craving for something that's underneath that. How do we let go of that? How do we let go of that? And that's tricky. That's the hardest part, right? That's the hardest part. 
how do we let go of our own our own stuff enough to let things just be as they are instead of wanting it to be <coughs> something else and that's that's a real task that's a task but i think in in really sitting with it and understanding ourselves why do we why does that feel essential to me why is that craving so strong in me that i need to have it this way Well, for me, anxiety is just something that comes up. Well, it comes up because I'm kind of, that's my baseline a lot of times, but also it's this uh, disease, underlying disease. And I want, and I need to let go of that. And I need to let go of that. Craving, craving harmony. Not wanting to be anxious, wanting to be getting all, all that put together. So it seems to me that the craving, letting go of craving, is a lot about really looking at what is and, and how it is that we can be with what is. And that's the ultimate question. How do we navigate difficulty? How can we be okay with? All the turmoil and the upset. Indeed. Well, it's partially where the Eightfold Path comes in. You know, learning how to be with whatever is requires a lot of things. It requires this right view, clearness of what's going on. How do we let people be who they are how do we do that i think the first step is realizing who we are and what we do and being so compassionate with that who is it that's clamoring for something clamoring for peace clamoring for getting together being people being together. Who is that? It's usually some little kid inside of us. It's been trained to, to just do something or other. But I think if we get really it's it's that turn in our practice where we go to where our where our suffering is and who is it that's clamoring? What is it that's clamoring inside of us, making demands on the way things have to be? And then taking care of that one in some way or fashion. Being compassionate with it the way it may not have been taken care of at another time in the life you know, as a child. So that's a lot of work just for growing up for the holidays, but <laughs> I think it's worth it. Because um, then we don't bring a bunch of baggage along. Bringing certain ideas about the way things are, we can, a little bit easier for us to be comfortable with just the way, just the way it is and the way that people are, the way, the way they are. And if we bring a certain amount of peace in our hearts, it's really contagious. 
And I think that's the way it, it works. But technically, uh, according to the writings of the Buddha, the fourth noble truth is the truth of the way, which is what I've been talking about this last part. And the eightfold path, he says, must be developed. In developing the path, it leads to the completion of the four tasks, taking care of each of them, at which point one reaches the destruction of the taints. That's another set of language, but it's, it's learning how to let go of these things that we're so attached to and that we so crave. And it's hard work, but it makes a difference in our lives and the lives of the people around us. Just that attitude of being left. So what I thought we might do together is a little practice um, I think, is there any questions? Yes. Yes, my teacher. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so there's sickness, old age, and death. Yes. And they cause um, suffering. Oh. And then there's a little mental gymnastics we can do, right? Where, or, or not, but, but <laughs> where we realize that it's our attachment that causes the suffering, but but I'm not comfortable with with that. That you know, there's this cerebral process to say, well, it's not really sickness, old age, and death, but my attachment to life, to being well, to being this and this and that. So so okay, I don't know how to get around being a trickster here. Yeah, well, with old age, sickness, and death. Those are the inevitables, right? They have to happen. So this other stuff is, I'm kind of talking about other things. Um, I think a human being when they, I mean, there's a certain amount, of, we, we don't want to cut off our emotions. That's just not healthy. We have to have that. Um, so, so I think in, when we have old age, sickness, and death, we have a certain amount of grieving going on there. And that's a part of the human process that, that it's going to happen. That doesn't mean you don't try to work with it and don't take things out on other people or that kind of thing. But I think that the healing of the heart is something that has to happen anyway. And it's not tricking it. You, you just have to go through grief. But this other stuff, when we have these other things that we have created ourselves over our lifetime, the things from our experiences and that kind of thing. It's a separate category altogether. Is that? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you have old age, sickness, and death, um, I don't think it's tricking yourself. It, we'll take old age, for example. I'm suffering because I'm growing old. What does that mean? Well, um, I don't have the energy I had before. My body aches. I can't do as much as I can before. I don't look so good. Comparison <laughs> to my yeah. So we have all those complaints. So I think those we can we can look at. Yes, it's unfortunate we're getting old, 
It's a natural process. We know that. It's hard to swallow that. But I think it is a matter of working with it and understanding it. In this culture, it's hard to grow old because there's no appreciation for the elders. But um, I think that that's something that we work with understanding. We find our cohorts and we commiserate about, well, this is difficult and what can we do to, to manage it? Um, but again, if it, if it turns into something where you're creating barriers to the rest of the world because of it, that's when you need to go to the Four Noble Truths and figure out what is it that you're really attached to? What is that clinging and that, you know, whatever specific thing? Okay, I can't do as much anymore. Yeah, I can't. But you come to a realization, if you think about it or notice, I can't do as much. But I do notice that the quality in which I do things is a lot better in the sense of I'm paying more attention. Whereas before, it's flying through getting a million things done. So I see a benefit to it as well. Maybe that's mental gymnastics. I don't think so. I think there's some truth to that. Sickness. Yeah. Sickness is inevitable as well. But sickness, it's a weird thing. And we've seen it in this center where people have been very sick and the way they worked with it they were glowing despite their sickness they were as loving and caring as much or as more as anybody i've ever seen so there's always a way to work with with that stuff as well and death well if it's your own you don't have to worry about it because it's your own but <laughs> if you're already dead but dealing with approaching death or something yeah i mean that's that is the ultimate probably and but there are always things that can be worked with there's a great film that was out uh, ron das um, as he was i think you watched it didn't you no anyway about his dying in his in his last part and his working the whole way through it and talking about it and talking about the difficulties and then constantly understanding, coming to some understanding about it. So I think even in those things, you, you can work through it. Because what is, what is the point of all of it? What is the point of our life anyway? Is it to keep living? It, it seems more like immersion than escape, than escapism. That's right. That's right. And, and the immersion, um, well, first of all, Four Noble Truths is a way to immerse yourself, but um, yeah, you, you stay with where you are and realize what that is. Yeah. Does that answer you? Yeah. Okay. You're back. Yay! So um, I would like to know how that was for you all. Does anybody have any comments or anything they want to share? Ah, Jeanette. Uh, Nancy, 
Um, where is Nancy? There she is. Oh, yeah. She's, she's muted. But she's muted. muted. Thank yeah. you, Nancy. Thank you. Um, well, I wanted to share, if that's okay. Did you want to yeah. maybe hear about an experience? Sure. I know that you um, said not to tackle a big suffering, but um, I have... <laughs> I have um, I have shifted a lot around this particular suffering very recently, and so it's not it's not the epic suffering it was before, um, and um, what I identified was that my suffering is uh, an experience of pain from being excluded. Um, I was pretty radically excluded from. A Christmas gathering at my step family's house last year and I didn't have anywhere else to go. So um, my attachment um, is to other people, these people, behaving as if I'm a core member of the family um, and acting in ways that make me feel like I belong. Um, and the craving under that is for belonging and love. And the way that I believe I can best address it. Well, there are two ways, actually. One way was I realized this past week, I remembered a time when my stepsister, um, I had just moved. I was alone in my new uh, rental house and she, it was my birthday. And she came over with a knapsack full of an entire birthday dinner and a cocktail and left it with me. Yeah. And it really, it shifted me from resentment to gratitude. And the other thing that's helping is spending time while sitting with the parts of me, the child parts of me, the infant parts of me that are clamoring to feel like they belong and that they're loved and that, you know, they're not alone. So um, that's, that's my sharing. Thank you, Janelle. Great. Does anybody else have anything they want to say or share? Kim. So one of my sufferings is that my hands are cold. And it just immediately appeared, you know, came to me that, so why, why can't I just think of this as being a kind of a state rather than something to have an opinion about? Yeah, yeah. And, and um, I've been thinking a lot about things in nature and how they don't whine. That's, that's right. <laughs> so right. whatever the condition is, I'm short of water. Or, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that that's, that's something to something to think about sometimes. Sometimes my hands are going to be cold, sometimes they're going to be warm, you know, they're never going to be perfect. Yeah, and I, I think Again, in this country in general, not with everybody, but we're so used to having everything just just. And so. we have a mechanical solution of that turning the thermostat down or up. Yeah. You know, we turn this little dial, yeah. and then if we don't have a dial, I don't have a dial here, so I'm you know frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah. Okay. Well, if nothing else. We will. Um, yeah, Joe wants to say. Oh, okay, Joel, I'm sorry, I didn't see your hand. Thank you, and thanks for unmuting me, uh, 
Nancy. Well, I was in a group with Darcy and Nancy, and I, I was just reflecting on <clears throat> how you, in your setup for examining the issues that we could talk about, it, you've, you, you framed it in terms that had a lot for me to do with connection with other people and how it is that we, you know, we, we typically crave a lot of connection with other people and and because of the way we grow up, because of the way things happen in the world, we lose those connections. Then we experience that as a lot of pain. And that was that's what I wrote about and what I what I discussed. But I, I want to say that, you know, the chance to to uh oh thank you, froze. Different very oh am I back now? Yeah, you're back now. Could you start? Any luck? Uh, we missed a little the chance space in there. To, the chance. The chance to, oh, I'm sorry. My internet connection is unstable, it says. Well, we hear you right now. For a second. No, oh, now you're frozen. Darn, I wanted to hear what you had to say. <laughs> oh, yeah. Really? You're frozen. <laughs> well, he's frozen. I'm so I'm I'm so sorry to make you wait for that. My am I back? Okay, it looks yes, I see yes. everybody moving now. Um, I had to switch Wi-Fi channel. Oh, so anyway, I I just wanted to say it was wonderful to be able to have the healing experience of connecting with Darcy and Nancy as they were talking about things that were important to them, and that that gives you know that there's there's an element of freedom in that, and then. And then I must say, for me, also an element of reinforcing the clinging to the desire to want to connect that I, that <laughs> is so hard in other areas, you know, that this is a special kind of a connection. But it but it is it is a, a wonderful learning experience, and I, I just wanted to say thank you for that. Thank you, Joe. And yeah. One thing, I, yeah, I just wanted to say I listened yesterday to a, a radio cast, uh, Hidden Brain, Shankaridantam, and he was talking about this very thing. He was talking to, yeah, the Surgeon General about his book about loneliness and belonging, and it was really wonderful if anybody has the chance to look up that podcast. Oh, nice to know. And then I think Darcy. Had oh. oh, Darcy? Darcy, yes. I was trying to figure out how to raise my virtual hand. But okay, now. <coughs> so we had a really we had a really rich discussion, and I'm gonna add something that I didn't say when we were talking, the three of us. Um, because I could so relate to you, Joel, on um it's, it's really a deep desire to connect, which is a lovely thing. And for me, um, with my family member, um, I had to figure out how to keep that, that deep, lovely longing to connect while also not being attached to it. And um, had a difficult conversation with my brother last week and I, I, um, it, it was letting go of the expectation that he would have the same sort of longing or it would be expressed in the same way. 
as for me that allowed me to to be there with that that uh, in that field of liberation you know so um anyway i thought i'd add that i don't know if that makes a lot of sense but so it came up yes Okay, so I guess we'll turn to our, uh, the rest of our service and um, thank you very much for your participation.